A one, a two. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on Zagram, along with my co-host, Teddy's mum. Teddy's mum. <laughs> That's what your daughter calls me. I know. I know it kills you inside. It breaks my heart. I'm like, I'm your fairy godmother, Raffi. It's Auntie Revs. I can't. I've told her so many times. It's Auntie Revs. And she goes, Teddy's mum, every time. She doesn't even call me Teddy's mum. She looks at you and goes, that's Teddy's mum. I'm like, yeah, acknowledge <laughs> me. I'm here, babe. <laughs> You're just jealous because your kids definitely call me Auntie Jem. Oh, yeah. I'm not Rafa's mum. Rafa's her own thing. I'm my own thing. Teddy knows I'm his fairy godmother. All right, all right. They call you Auntie Jem with the pool. So... <laughs> Chill out. Is that all I'm good for? It's all you're good for. You have a pool. Hey, whatever wins them over, I'll take it. Seriously, my auntie philosophy is just buy gifts. That's why I bring um, Raffi gifts sometimes or sometimes I feed her like the naughty <laughs> stuff. Like I'll go, Raffi, you can have an extra ice block. Raffi, you can have this extra bit of watermelon. Or, Shh, don't tell mommy. Here's a marshmallow. Because that I feel like that's the way to their heart. Yeah. Or you're going to win her over with craft because she loves craft and I loathe craft. Oh my God, send her here for a craftanoon. I have two fairy goddaughters and I have not won either of them over sufficiently yet. Really? Yeah, no. I'm getting there with Ella, but I'm like really not there with Rafa (laughs) yet at all. I feel like we're making progress. And Ella's still young. She hasn't got full language yet. I know, but that's when you can get them, when they're silly little blobs. But no, she's always been a little wary. Clearly you need to work harder. I do peekaboo. That's a hit. As soon as I can feed her marshmallows. I'm sorry, but I do peekaboo with Ella and it's a hit too. Oh, fuck. She's going to be calling me Auntie Jem no! before she starts calling you Auntie Red. No. The problem with moving overseas was that Rafa was like, who dis? It's true. You went away at the worst time. I know. So now I've got a lot of catching up to do. (laughs) Isn't it funny how we're all just so desperate to be our best mate's kid's favourite auntie? Yes. I feel like it's our top status. It is. To be the favourite auntie. Definitely. I mean, you were Isla's for a long time for the ballet connection. I know. And I love that. I loved being Isla's favourite for a bit. She sent you all those videos like, Auntie Jem, how do I do fifth position? How do you do the splits? And she would ask for tips. And I very graciously obliged. (laughs) Do you remember when you came to her dance concert? Yeah. This was before you were a parent, right? Yeah. I mean, they talk about dance moms. Like I was... You were tiger mom. Oh yeah, I was tiger mom. I was total tiger mom. I was getting competitive because Isla had such a strong arabesque. (laughs) She did. Okay. To paint the scene, all of the girls. So how old was Isla at this point? Three. Three. So all the three-year-olds had to skip on a diagonal. Not easy. It's a very specific direction towards their teacher, then hold their teacher with both hands and on releve, which means on your tippy toes, you have to do an arabesque and lean forwards into their teacher. None of the other kids did it. And I was like, oh, they're not very good. Shame. Shame. (laughs) (laughs) And then got to Eileen and she fucking nailed it. And I was like in the crowd going, yes, she nailed it. I've actually got a video. I'll try and find it for the dear listeners. You you were like competitive sports mum on the sidelines. You're like, yes, fucking yes, you did it. Smashed it. I was beaming with pride. I hear she has a good turnout. 
She has an excellent turnout. And you know what? I'm just going to keep living through Isla because Rafa could not give a shit about ballet. I get a bit scared of ballet because of all the body stuff. Like I'm scared to keep going down that path because now Isla's six. We haven't done ballet since Edinburgh. Teddy's starting dance classes this week and I'm waiting for Isla to ask me if she wants to do ballet. I'm not really pushing it because I'm just scared now that it's like she doesn't have a dancer body, a classic dancer body, but I have been told she's got good feet. She has excellent feet. I'm just scared she's going to get all that dancer body problems. Yeah, maybe that doesn't happen anymore. No, no, it's a slippery slope. And even if none of the teachers comment about your physique. So I was really fortunate. I went to a really great ballet school growing up where there was no mention about body shape. But you spend so many hours looking in a mirror. Yeah, and directly comparing yourself to other girls. Literally standing next to other girls your age in tight leotards and stockings like you can't hide all in the mirror all lined up it's really intense and I don't know how to get around that to be honest yeah it's giving me giving me hives (laughs) well maybe you should protect Eileen from ballet I don't know it's hard for me because I grew up doing ballet. I loved all the discipline around it, the learning, the French language. As we know, I love language and words. Yeah, who would have thought tippy-toe was releve? (laughs) Well, it makes sense, right? Releve. My favourite is pas de chat, which means jump of the cat, the cat leap. That sounds advanced. That sounds like... A pas de chat? Yeah. No, it's not. Oh. (laughs) You you learn a pas de chat when you're like eight years old. It's not that advanced. I don't know if the dear listeners know how much of a ballerina you were. Oh, it was my life. It was your life. Yeah. Every day after school. Yep. Weekends. Yep, Saturdays. And you've done the R.A.D. syllabus to completion, right? No, not to completion. Oh, okay. So this is what broke my mum's heart. Oh, my God. I went from doing 15 hours of dance a week to none yeah I remember the day you were like I think I'm done with dancing yeah and I was so flippant about it and my mum was like what what, what, how much money had she put into your dance career I I don't even dare think about it like it it would just be I I mean the investment was so huge and the time investment too because there's all that driving to all the dance comps and the lessons and the gear you need and this is a thing now is that I do say to mum it wasn't a waste no this is what I've learnt about life through my career changes and dare I use the p word pivot everything that you've done before informs the next thing even if it's not obvious yes so for example when I realized the acting dream was slipping away and I was diving deeper into the photography dream at the time it felt like acting was such a waste like I went to drama school and all this kind of stuff little did I know that years later I would formulate a photography course and then I realized that acting had taught me all of these communication skills and presenting and presenting and and how to talk on camera how to get a key message across and then that wove so seamlessly into being a photography teacher like hindsight's such a beautiful thing for that but at the time it's it's funny how it feels so wasteful now if you were to ask me now how ballet has helped me into my 30s I would probably be like a bent over crooked woman now if I hadn't done ballet. I mean, girl, your feet are fucked up. They are effed There's up. There's something going on with your feet. <laughs> Have I got a story for you? Now, you know point shoes? Yeah. Now, when you wear point shoes, you're literally in blocks and you wear these little slip-on socks that just cover your toes. They're made of a silicon material to help ease the... Like what you find inside a strapless bra. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the nickname for them is ouch pouches. You put, <laughs> put your little ouch pouches on. And I was doing this one ballet exam. I was so nervous, you know, got myself ready. The last component of the exam is point work. And I ran over to change my shoes into my point shoes for point work. 
and realized in the exam I'd forgotten to bring my ouch pouches. Oh, fuck. So I did the rest of the ballet exam <gasps> without them. I grinned and bared it. Like I just sucked. I was like, well, too bad. Respect. Yeah, I had to. Ballet is so formal. I couldn't be like, I just need to duck out. Like it's not <laughs> like that at all. I remember coming out. My mom was like, how did you go? And I was like hobbling. And she was like, are you okay? And I took my shoes off and my toes were bleeding. <gasps> yeah, from rubbing against the wood. This the is block. like the act two montage from a dance movie. It is. It is. <laughs> this is when you think, I can't keep going. No. This is too hard. And then in the next scene, you get the fire again. Sometimes I wonder if center stage was the catalyst for me going into acting because I was like look at these ballerinas doing a movie that movie was everything oh my god can we talk about the soundtrack we watched that movie probably every weekend for about two years right easily yeah easily I mean Mandy Moore I wanna be with you remember that hit yes and then like the sex scene the ballet guy like what's that move when he like hops on top of her and does a little like kick with his legs it's like a a dance move yeah I don't know the feminist in me is a bit like isn't it interesting that we bind the feet and get the girls up on blocks I know and the men get to keep the soft foot and like dance around but it's the same with Chinese geishas right all the foot binding and corset wearing like men never wore corsets women for centuries have been manipulating their bodies for the male gaze yeah yeah this is fucked it is fucked (laughs) okay no ballet for Ida. Yeah, no, yeah, no ba- and Rafa, I have no choice. She's hardcore into gymnastics now. I have fully surrendered. Oh, it's so exciting to see her find her thing though. Is it? Yes, it's so cool. I know it's been devastating for you because you had this beautiful little pixie girl. I know. I was like, she's so girly. I thought she was built for ballet. And it was like, great, here comes the next gen and she's going to follow in your footsteps and do all the ballet. But she's not into it. No, she's just like, gymnastics hear me roar <laughs> wants to throw herself off shit and fling herself around stuff I've, I've accepted it at least there's still sparkly costumes involved with gymnastics there are and again interesting body issues yeah, around that true. as well yeah. so yeah. my husband's got grand plans to like channel her gymnastic skills somehow into surfing of course he does <laughs> we'll see how he goes with that I'm sure she can do both of those things surely Speaking of poor little Rafa. Oh, what a night. You've had a night. I have had a night. I realized that it was a parental rite of passage that I needed to experience. I don't know if it was gastro or food poisoning, but she was up puking all night. She had four showers. I changed a million sets of linen and towels and yeah, all while my husband was in Melbourne. Uh, I feel like she, she saved it. Just for when Hubs was away. I mean, it's been COVID. My husband has been nowhere but home. And then the one time he has to travel for work for the first time in a year, she decides to have that night on my watch. It's always the way. It's always when you've had your first night out or a night out on the town or something. You never get away with it. You always pay for it with some kind of thing that swoops in to remind you, ah, 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 your life is not your own. You are a parent now. So true. Every time I go away or my husband goes away, whoever's at home will be dealing with either sickness for themselves or sickness with the kid. It's just so brutal. It's crazy. I'll tell you what the only saving grace was about last night was that Iggy Bear, my non-sleeper, slept through the night. Slept through it all. Like soundly. Legend. I don't think I would have coped if I had gotten up for the fifth time or Rafa had her fourth shower and I just settled myself back to sleep at 2am and if he had started crying at 3am, I would have been like, I I can't. 
can't cope. No. Nah. But you know what? Even if Hubs was home, she would have wanted you. Yes. And I know she's a fierce daddy's girl. Oh, hardcore. But what is it about when kids are sick that they just want their mum? I know. And and I feel torn about it. Yeah. Because yeah. I've got a hardcore daddy's girl. When she's sick, I'm like, yes. When Look, I don't wish her to be projectile vomiting all through the night but even those nights when she's just feeling a bit off she might have a little bit of a head cold like nothing too crazy she's still like mommy can I sit on your lap and I'm like oh you need me yeah I don't relate oh really (laughs) but that's because my kids want want you like 24 7 it's been the too long a stint because normally it's like okay a couple of months they're into mom a couple of months they're into dad I thought when I brought them on my own and did hotel quarantine and then had three months as a single mum while Graham was still in the UK yeah would they, they be yearning for their dad I thought they'd be like sick of mum all about dad since then they've both been all about me and I cannot leave the room without oh. someone crying at the moment let alone leave the house it's really it's a lot do you feel touched out touched out all the time and I have my kids are older than I thought they'd be when they'd stop touching me if you know what I mean <laughs> wait because I'm six now so she's still all over she's... you like a rash and she wasn't that tactile a toddler she was quite like Raffi. She was busy. My girlfriend called her Beyonce when she was Raffa's age. Like Why? Because she, she was independent and sassy and off doing her own thing and didn't have time for me. You know, she was <laughs> yeah. just too busy to mess around with mum. And I used to try and grab cuddles and she'd be like, ah, like squirm like a slippery fish out of my cuddles. And But now, like school aged Isla, she could hug me all day long. If she could take me to school as like a perma hug, <laughs> she would. <laughs> And there's so much more of her now as a six-year-old versus a two-year-old. Yeah. Like, and I can't pick her up anymore. Like, she's heavy now. Mm. She's tall. She's long. And now they do the thing where if one of them's having a hug, the other one's like, well, I got to get in there. So it's a pile Give me some of that. And then I'll I'll have to be like, there's enough me to go around. And then I've just usually covered in kids. I've got one under one arm, one under the other. Then they get their legs involved because they want to take up more real estate because it's like a weird sibling competition. And where's Graham in all this? Sitting up like on another chair, meters away, scrolling his phone, loving life. (laughs) With all the space in the world. And in the middle of the night and when they're sick, they just want their mummy. Which is lovely. Is it? No! tried to romanticize it I they tried. just want their mummy no it's no, shit it's so at 2am you want them to want daddy to clean up the vomit out of their hair well like mommy. can't they just cry for daddy and need some daddy cuddles no they just want to crawl back in the womb and reconnect the umbilical cord can I say I experienced a little bit of schadenfreude this morning so Hubs is in Melbourne as I mentioned and he was itching to get on FaceTime with Rafi because I obviously messaged him in the morning and I said we've had a hell of a night Raf's been really sick got him on FaceTime and he was like Rafa and she was dirty on him (gasps) like wouldn't even give him eye contact normally when he's on FaceTime like the last few days when he's been in Melbourne she's been like daddy I love you I miss you like dishing out all the cute and then this morning she was on the couch couldn't even look at him almost like she felt betrayed that he wasn't there Wow. I know. And he felt that pang of rejection that I have felt Rafa's entire... Every day of her life. Every day of her life. Oh, wow. So it'll be interesting to see what she throws in when he gets home. Oh, I can't wait to witness it. Because sometimes they'll punish you for a couple of days when you've been away. Yeah, good. He has been elite favourite of hers from day one. Yes. I've been chopped liver, so I'm quite enjoying the power shift. Maybe the tides are about to turn. Oh, but then you're going to get two kids who are into you and Hubs will be offset. 
surfing and you'll be like, hello. <laughs> uh, anyway, this whole debacle has thrown out my whole day and my whole week. And I don't know how to pick up the pieces. Yeah. Because I'm still juggling so much work. Yeah. I know. I'm doing that thing again. I'm not trying to glorify work. I'm just in the depths of overcommitted, bitten off more than I can chew, overflowing plate. For those of you who don't have kids, when your kid is sick with symptoms like vomiting, it means you can't send them to daycare for 48 hours, right? I mean, every daycare has different policies, but I think in New South Wales, it's 48 hours without symptoms. Yeah. And I will say that COVID has made daycares even more strict. Yeah. Like which is great. Yes and no. <laughs> like, it's great from the point of view of when I send my well kid, they have less chance of coming home sick. I know, but what toddler doesn't have a runny nose? I know. Like, seriously. I know. Before, the policy used to be like, well, if it's green or yellow snot, then they can't come in. And now it's like, if it's clear snot, you can't come in. And I'm like, well... Yeah, if they sneezed one time three weeks ago, you got to stay home. <laughs> yeah. 14 days, <laughs> lockdown. Bullshit. Yeah. So what did that mean for your work day today? I had to recruit mum. I had to cancel all of my meetings. I, I'm so lucky to have my mum tend minutes down the road and bless her like she dropped everything to help me out because I am juggling so much at the moment you know it's hard as well because when you're letting people down and you say oh my kid's unwell you can't help but feel like that's just an excuse they hear all the time and maybe don't believe you like I'll be honest I've judged Revs I'm so sure I've done this with you before going back to a time when I wasn't a mum where you've cancelled dinner because you're like you're not going to believe this, but Isla's sick. And I'm pretty sure I would have been like, again, that awful judgmental friend. But now that I'm a mum, I get it. But you can't help but feel self-conscious that your colleagues or clients don't fucking believe you. I know. And there's nothing kinder than when you have a client or a colleague who's also a mum or a dad and they're like, oh, that sucks. Totally feel for you. Don't worry. This can wait. It's the biggest gift someone can give you when they get it. But it is relentless. It's constant. I know. Especially when they're Rafa and Teddy's age, between two and four. They're just sick all the time. It's so like, does it get better at Isla's age? Yes. Immunity's built up and she gets sick far less often. But then they start falling off play equipment or... Oh, God. <laughs> or when they're at school, there's like accident things. So the school has to call you if they've had a bump on the head or a scrape or whatever. And they're like, just letting you know she's fallen off this and she's got some ice on. And you're like, well, I need to go get her. I can't be like, cool, see you at six, you know? <laughs> Like, even though inside we're all like, oh, can you just deal with just it? Just handle it. Yeah. It changes. But I know between two and four, it's like you got one week well, one week getting sick, one week sick, one week recovering, one week well, one week oh getting God. sick, one week sick, one week recovering. And that seems to be the cycle. Hell. And when you've got colleagues that don't have kids or a boss that doesn't have kids, just clients who just want stuff yesterday, you have to be like, I'm so sorry. I'm out today. But what are the lines of professionalism? Do you Is it appropriate to bring up your children? I think you got to just read the room at the time. Like yeah. when I had my own business and I had employees, I felt like I was constantly like making excuses why I wasn't in till 10 or I had to leave at three. And I felt like they were like, wow, lucky we're here running this business. But did any of your team have kids themselves? No. Okay. And then... So you really would feel like the weak link. But then I would go, okay, I'm paying them. So I guess, you know, I'm paying them to sort of pick up the slack where I can't. But I would just work at night or whatever. But with with clients, I think if you're just not going to make a deadline because you just can't that day, you've just got to pull the sick kid card. I guess you try and use it sparingly so it doesn't feel like an excuse. But it's so real. You couldn't have done anything today. No. 
No way. I had sick kid on the couch. Yeah, like, and Zoom meetings. I can't be present in any of my work no. while she's needing me. Yeah. I mean, thank it's God. It's not fair on her and it's not fair on you or your clients. No. Lucky my mum was available to me so I could get the bare minimum of work done to make it semi-productive because unfortunately there's only five days of week. I, I have to utilise them. I can't not. It's, it's so hard. But also now you've moved all those meetings, that's all going to push into tomorrow and then your whole week next week's going to be more busy. I mean, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> I hadn't actually thought through to tomorrow. I'm still very much in the day. So thanks for that, Rhett. But it's like you can say to a client, sorry, I'm going to be late with that or I have to cancel this meeting because my kid's sick. But then you still have to have that meeting at some oh, point. No, I know. I don't know when I'm going to reschedule it. Oh, God. Oh, look, we see you. We see you, babe. We're here with you. Thank you. You can let it all out here. This is yeah. a safe space. Oh, look, it's fine. It's it's so wonderful. I'm just so blessed. <laughs> Dear listener, Gem is referring to this little video we made that you guys have been loving. Yes, you're so grateful, aren't you? Don't don't whinge about having kids. You're so blessed. There are a lot of positives about social media, but we can all agree that the health and wellness space has basically taken over this idea of mindfulness and gratitude and hashtag blessed and da-da-da-da-da. Sometimes often think that the pendulum has swung so far in the direction of you have to be grateful for everything and take stock of your life and look around you and look at what you have and be grateful for it that sometimes we feel like we can't whinge. Like, I know I just had a really open, big, fat whinge at the start of this podcast, but sometimes I think we just need to give ourselves permission because all of that rhetoric around gratitude and mindfulness and all that stuff it numbs us to allowing us to feel what we really feel because the culture has moved in this direction of no, 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 don't whinge, don't complain. You have a roof over your head. Mm -hmm. You have meals. You have a job Mm. during COVID. How dare you complain? And all of that is valid. It's all relative, right? There's always going to be someone who has it worse. There's always always. going to be someone who has it better. But it's not healthy for anyone. No matter what mental space you're in, whatever your given circumstances are, you still have shit days. The end. I think the worst thing you can do to any mum mid-venting flow is to kind of squash their feelings by saying, yeah, but babe tell me three things you're grateful for in this moment like Uh, look I actually think gratitude as a practice is amazing same there's so many benefits I can see that and actually my sister is someone who inherently practices gratitude like she doesn't try to do it she just is one of those grateful people and it definitely means she's really positive and such a beautiful energy to be around and And does that rub off on you absolutely every time I'm around her I'm like yes yes we should be grateful for that we are lucky it's a lovely energy and I do when I'm in a funk try and actively practice gratitude to get myself out of it but as you always talk about it's my dog and I'll kick it when someone else asks you to be grateful it stings it does it triggers me (laughs) yeah because it's like oh okay sorry I shouldn't have voiced my grievances yeah sometimes just saying something out loud to someone gets it out of your system I think just sitting in knots and twisted over feeling shit but feeling like you're not allowed to say you're feeling shit is really unhealthy okay so here's the thing you have to pick your audience true like there's no point you going oh my god 
my pool just needs cleaning every day. Car's so salty because we live so close to the beach. And then I gotta get the pool clean. That's, that's called humble bragging. <laughs> to someone who's like, you know, renting in a flat, nowhere near the water. That would be a dick move to do that. But if you can find your safe space of your people who you're not making feel shit with your champagne problems, it's so important to have a whinge. And I feel really lucky that I have you as a bestie because I can always vent and whinge to you and never receive any judgment from you. But my other favorite thing about you, Revzy, and I also feel like everyone needs a bestie or maybe their mum or whoever for this, but you need that person where you can like be proud of your kid. Oh Do you my know gosh. what I mean? It's like vital. Yes. It's not cool to be like, my kid's amazing, but everyone thinks that about their own children. Yes. But you can't overtly just state that. No, and please don't go and put it yeah. on social media. Yeah, yeah. Just just don't. Guys. Just dial it down. Cool. No one cares about your kid. But my favorite phone calls are when Revzy calls me and she's like, permission to brag about Eileen for a second? Yes. And I'm like, brag away. Yes. It's always something seemingly insignificant. But as a fellow mum, I'm like, no, I get that. I get that you're proud that she learnt to tie her shoes. But I reckon there are only, what, three people in the whole world who care about your kid as much as you. Yes. And you've got to be selective with who you brag to. There are mums out there who I genuinely think that they think their kid is God's gift on earth (laughs) and has no filter for that shit. I know. Dare I say Toddlers and Tiaras was one of those guilty pleasures of mine that I'm sure in 10 years time will be like, that show was not woke, not okay. I mean, I think I I can say that about it now. Yeah, pageants are not okay. Not okay. And yet here I was consuming the car crash that is watching Toddlers and Tiaras and not being able to stop myself. But like those mums are intense. Like we joke about me being a tiger mum over Isla, but I would never like dress my child up like a doll and put her in freaking competitions. I think that's when it tips over into people living through their kids. Oh, yes. That's the difference, yes. right? You can The shit we call each other and brag about is like, oh, they said something really emotionally intelligent or it was really cute or they were really kind to someone or they got an award or all those things you don't want to like brag openly about, but you just have to tell someone. Yeah. You have, someone has to like acknowledge it with you. Yeah. But I often wonder this, if one of my kids turns out to be really talented at something or have a really focused area of interest I'm worried that my aversion to living through your kids that I witness in other parents and don't vibe with will stop me from like helping them fully achieve that do you know what I mean yeah no I do yes like if one of my kids wanted to be a swimmer or a rower with those early mornings every single day before school (laughs) I don't know if I could do it I think they'd have to take one for the team but what if the team being me (laughs) destined to be like an olympic champion yeah, in that I mean, field how old are you and can you can they take themselves to the pool <laughs> <laughs> do we have to fly to japan for some meat oh my god it is a true act of selflessness isn't it to well, like i feel there's the act of selflessness but then there's also like pushiness the pushing and like yeah. yeah what's the line i think if your kid shows interest you can't not nurture it yeah like Look, I'm going to be straight up and say gymnastics. I love watching it as a sport. Not something I ever thought, like, I've got my first kid. I hope they become a gymnast. Like, (laughs) it's not on my dream list for her. But she's into it. She loves it. At least it's a sideline sport. Oh, God, yeah. Thank God. I've surrendered. It's fine. I'm like, okay, this is your jam. But I'm not going to be pushy mum. If she decides she wants to drop out next term, fine. I'm not going to be like, no, you will be a gymnast. You showed interest, you see it through. But then don't we have to teach them seeing something through? Isn't that a thing you have to make a teachable moment? I'm exhausted. (laughs) 
fucking all these conversations about at my, some point you have to go okay you can't pick a new thing every term can you just commit to one thing and see it through so hubs and i have real debates about this because okay. his theory is if rafa signs up to something she needs to do it for a year and i'm Ooh. like oh no a term and he's like no a year yeah i guess especially for things with equipment or musical instruments if you buy a clarinet and then they're like ah not into it do you have to buy them i thought you could rent them i think it depends i think at some schools there's like instrument libraries but i think if you god what a world we're gonna enter in the next 10 years yeah, instrument libraries well i remember at my primary school i wanted to play clarinet but so did every basic 11 year old so they were like we don't have any clarinets we've got a saxophone i was like yeah all right so i ended up playing the saxophone for 12 years because they didn't have it in their instrument library they didn't have a clarinet oh my god that's so funny so maybe it's just fate swooping in and telling you you're a saxophonist (laughs) see i learnt the drums yes only because of zach hansen (gasps) they're still around what hansen they're like on tiktok what yes for real yeah they're like dads do they have a what they're dads no zach will forever be the kid with like plaited dreadlocks on his drum kit not cool cultural appropriation zach okay okay (laughs) we actually are starting a new activity in our family this week Ooh, what teddy is starting hip-hop so he loves a dance as you know and he loves a break dance obsessed with break dancing and no one knows where he got it from i've asked the grandparents i've asked daycare no one knows where he saw breakdancing. Mm. My only instinct is that it was Trolls. Oh, the movie. Yeah, so the latest Trolls movie, if you haven't seen it, it's got like all these genres of music and there's like a big hip hop and soul section. It's got Kendrick Lamar. It's really cool. It's like yeah. a really cool way of getting your kids into music if you don't want to listen to fucking Baby Shark for the 82nd <laughs> thousand time. He got really into the beatboxing in Trolls. And okay. then I feel like, may- I don't know, I have to watch it again, but I feel like maybe there's some breakdancing in there and he just cotton to it and it was like Rafa with gymnastics where you see it in her eyes something happens in his eyes when he sees hip-hop breakdancing or beatboxing I really want to see him attend his first hip-hop class are there windows can you spy no it's in like a church it's like a community class I put some hip-hop on YouTube for him recently and he watched it for 30 minutes like unbroken attention really committed and and then he was like mom can I see some more can I see some more and I put like some like competition videos on of boys doing hip-hop and then he said I want to do this I was like okay and I told him I'd got him into a class he got really worried he goes oh but I can't do the the move on the hands like you know when they go up on the side and I was like no honey that's why you go to a class they'll teach you and his eyes lit up and he was like yeah yeah I want to do that I want to do that so we'll see oh my god I love this but I get so invested when I think they're into something because I'm just not casual about anything when I'm into something I am hard in Revs is a full-blown hard-on sleeve kind of gal and then some yeah (laughs) and I also do drop things quickly too you do you do but I don't know. I just, I just, I don't think there's any better feeling in the world than when you're so into something, when you're so into a project or a hobby or whatever. And that must magnify tenfold when it's your kid, your offspring. I know. And Teddy is such a show pony. So I feel like being like one of the only boys at a dance school would suit him. (laughs) You know, there's only ever like three boys and then like 85 girls. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. I'll update you. Yes, please. I can't wait to see some of his new moves. But he might be like, I want to do this after two lessons. And And will you be heartbroken? Well, we'll see. (laughs) You know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? Husband hobbies. 
Oh, girl. Oh, my God. I feel like you have this real bad. Just when I thought my husband couldn't possibly add another thing to his hobby portfolio, he goes and joins a longboard surf competition. What is a longboard surf competition? I have no freaking idea. He says, oh, babe, I've signed up to this longboard surfing club and they're doing a comp. Anytime you hear club or comp, like that's a red flag. Oh, big red flag. So on Sunday, he toddles off and here I'm thinking he's just going to be gone for a couple of hours like he does when he goes for a surf. Seven hours later. Nah. Nah. He, I said to him, you may as well pick up golf at this rate and be a golfing dad. It gets worse. Once a month, this nah. comp runs. Nah, hard no. I was like, excuse me? You're going to be gone one Sunday a month for seven hours? And you know what he says to me? Babe, I just really think we need to be part of the community. I've heard him use this excuse before. He says it's really good to get involved and meet lots of people. He's a real people person. He is. Like, he's very social. He's super social. He loves a chat. So he tried to pull the community card and it's hard to compete with that, right? It's like the mental health card. It's like yeah. when husbands have their husband hobbies. I need and- to run for my mental health, which yeah. is a legit thing. But also it's like, cool, so now I can't say you can't go one time (laughs) exactly i have a friend whose husband pulled the i need to go sailing for 12 hours every saturday for my mental health card and i was like come the f on i mean fine if mums take two hours out of a weekend they are riddled with guilt and are the first to come back and check in and make sure everything's okay i don't understand why husbands don't feel the same i still go i just want to have a shower is that okay (laughs) I still ask permission to shower. And that can't be your thing that equates to the hobby thing. No, that's hygiene. Yeah, basic (laughs) human hygiene. That does not account for a hobby. No. Or you time. No. Or often I have someone come and jump in the shower with me anyway. Exactly. Part of the community to me just sounds like code for sinking beers with other blokes. When he was gone at the six hour mark, I was like, okay. So I loaded the kids up in the pram. I walked down to the surf club and I thought, I'm just going to spy on him. Yeah, let's go watch daddy surf. In inverted commas. Exactly. Like how much surfing did he actually do? It's very, it's, it's debatable. I arrived and it was at the end and they were doing the awards ceremony. I would say that there was about 20 people as part of this club. 20 dads escaping their families. There were either guys and girls who were clearly, they had I'm mid-twenties written all over their faces. Yeah, Hobbs has no business rolling with those people. No. They are not his people anymore. They are not his people. And the other demographic extreme, men and women in their 50s. Oh, right. Okay. Empty nesters. Empty nesters. Mm. He was the only one that I could see who was like deep in that dad mode. So I was like super annoyed. There's a reason why there's no one else. Like you don't have any other fellow dads in the group because their freaking wives would never agree to it. (laughs) To be left as a single parent for a day. Anyway, so when Hubs came home, I sat him down because I'm really big on like, we need to communicate our feelings. So I sat him down and I said, look, I'm feeling a little bit frustrated. And he said, what are you frustrated by? And I said, I just feel like I didn't know this thing you signed up to was going to be seven hours. And he said, to be honest, I didn't either. It's a whole day. Yeah. And then at that point I thought he said, yeah, babe, it was seven hours. I'll withdraw. But he didn't. He was like, he was like, but I really enjoyed it. And it was really good. It was really fun. I had to sit him down and say, babe, we are at this stage of life that just does not lend itself well to doing these kinds of activities. 
And I said, no one in that group has a one-year-old and a two-year-old. But you do. Yeah. And I, do, I this is the thing. I don't like being the wife that's like saying no. You I can't know. do something. I was just thinking, imagine if our husbands were having this chat policing what we did with our spare time. We would not stand for it. We'd be like, fuck off. I can go and do what I want, when I want, for however long I want. And you can't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> but they try and have like one activity. And you're like, ah, ah, ah. No, 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 no. I know. I hate being labeled. <laughs> any sort of like naggy wife yeah. like I'm, I have such an allergic reaction to that label but you're right it's a time of life and a stage and as you always say the kids are only young for a certain amount of time there will maybe become more time for our own things but right now when you're juggling naps and like prams and you know that whole schedule of a weekend it is really rough to suddenly find yourself doing it alone one yeah. day and I said to him This stage is not going to last long. I promise it's not. The kids will be at an age where they can go on play dates when we don't need to be there, where we can literally drop them off at so-and-so's house. And then you go and do your longboarding competition. So do you know how I counted it? How? I said, that's fine if you want to continue doing this. Then I'm going to schedule in one Saturday or Sunday a month where I get seven hours to myself to do whatever the hell I want brilliant yep and it was met with no resistance because right. he didn't have a leg to stand he couldn't then go well no yeah you can't you can't That's do not that fair. yeah it's not he did say babe i don't mind if you go and get your nails done and i said that takes an hour yeah i'm i'm, I'm requesting seven yeah. hours yeah i'll get my nails done i'll, I'll get, get my hair done i'll get, get my facial. eyelashes done let's get a tan while we're there i'll have a long lunch with a girlfriend <laughs> might just check into a hotel exactly i mean at least he's not playing cricket Oh, yeah. I do feel for anyone who's married to a hardcore cricketer. Yeah. Golfer. My sister-in-law is married to a golfer. And I'm like, that's going to be a point of contention at some point in their marriage. My sister's married to a fisher. Oh, no. And that's epic. All day. Yeah. From the crack of dawn, out in the boat, fishing, come in at night. I mean, yeah, they bring home fresh fish. Hooray. Could also pop down to the shops and grab a barramundi. But anyway... (laughs) Oh, no, I, I will say I do love me some fresh out of the sea sashimi. Yeah, but it's all, cool. But it's, it's also a whole day activity. I don't love it enough to justify losing my husband for an entire day. And this is, okay, a couple of things. One, some people are single parents 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And oh, my God, salute you. Oh, serious hat taking off situation. And I wonder if listening to this kind of whinge is like, ha, 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 ha. Fuck you guys. Yeah, and I don't blame them. No. Not at all. Absolute warriors. Also, it's fine to say I'll take seven hours in return. Lovely. But then when do you ever have time as a family? Well, that's my argument as well. I was saying this to Hobbs. Like, I don't want to spend seven hours away from you, my husband, either. But I'm doing it in retaliation. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to set a precedent. I know. Maybe he'll think twice next time he wants to sign up to a whole day activity. If he's like, oh, but then I have to give Jem a whole day and it'll be a whole thing. And oh, well, I may as well just stay home. (laughs) So my husband plays soccer. Humble brag, played soccer for Scotland. Low-key elite athlete. Yeah, but on the surface, you would never think that because he's just so, like... Unassuming. So unassuming. He played football. Sorry, we have to call it in our house because he's British. He played football for Scotland when he was 18. And it's a huge passion in his life. He is obsessed with football. He has teams, stays up and watches it through the night when we're in Australia, like, goes to games when we were in the UK. Like, really hardcore into it. And he used to play in semi-professional comps when I first met him on Saturdays which was great because it was like okay he goes and does that on Saturday and I'll see him Saturday
Saturday night and I've got to do my own thing on a Saturday day. And pre-kids, that works so fine. It was great. I could have girls' lunches or go see my family or hang out with my sister or whatever. But when I was pregnant with Isla, we spent four Saturday nights in the emergency room. Because of soccer? Because of football injuries. Oh, no. Not... And so the last time when he broke his arm. What? When I was 25 weeks pregnant. Playing soccer? Playing football. Because he played hardcore. Like it was like serious. He played with all these ex-professionals and like these hardcore games. It was not a kick around. It was like, it's like full on football. Wow. And I would see this number I didn't recognize come up on my phone at like 4 p.m. on a Saturday and be like, shit, this is one of his team members telling me Graham's gone to hospital. (laughs) Anyway, so I was 25 weeks pregnant and we were at our fourth Saturday night in the emergency room. And I was like, either you're coming here on your own next time or you're going to stop playing football for a while. Because when we have a newborn, I am not spending Saturday nights in the emergency room with my husband. And secondly, you need both your arms. You need to be changing nappies. I'm not giving birth with a birth partner with a broken arm. And what if you're in crutches? Oh, God. Who's going to bring the bloody pram up the stairs? You actually can't have your life because it's going to impact my life (laughs) and the life of the children. So if you have a life, we're going to have to ask you to give that up now. And is your husband like a victim of man flu where when he gets sick, it's like, woe is me, the world is ending. And then when you're sick, there's like zero empathy thrown your way. He's pretty good. But I know he's pretty good. We're definitely at the point now. If one of us goes down, it's like, oh, you're sick. Okay. Yeah, all right. And you just close the bedroom door and get on with things. But you don't have any sympathy anymore. You're like, oh, are you okay? Can I get you anything? You're just like, yeah, okay, okay, cool. Guys, come on, let's leave dad alone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a massive inconvenience to the other partner now if you get sick. Yeah, but then the guilt as well. Of course. If you have to have a day in bed, the guilt. Yeah. I've got a girlfriend whose husband is a hunter. He goes on these like hunting weekends. Yeah. Where he hunts for like venison in the wild. I I didn't know this was a thing. In Australia. What? I know. But it's like hunting weekends where they have to go and they go camping out in the wilderness. And for her, she loses her husband to his hobby for like two nights. Bow, bow. Yeah. Nah. nah. <laughs> and do you know what? But she's pretty cool about it. That's amazing to me. I know. Does she get weekends in return? I don't know, actually. I should ask her. Yeah. I feel like the hobby is the new Bucks weekend. Yes. Like, remember when it was a big time? It was like, we've got a Bucks going away for the weekend. MIA, you know, and that was kind of usually pre-kids or maybe early newborns it was like weekends away with the boys it's like that's great love that for you (laughs) but now it's like you can't really get that one over so it has to be a hobby but we do have a girlfriend whose husband does a solid job of having boys weekends away and consistently i know and she's so good with it i feel like my mum let my dad do all the hobbies he was a golfer he was a scuba diver oh so were my parents, but they did it together. Yeah, right. So maybe there's a time in life when the kids get older, when you can kind of have your life back and go and do these things. And Hubs and I constantly try and remind each other of that, yeah. that there will be a time when we get each other back and yeah. we can do things together. The number one thing I miss more than anything is just going for an ocean swim with him. I know. Because someone's always on the beach, kid wrangling, and then we tagged it like our whole lives feel like this epic tag team fest oh my god totally we don't get to do anything together where did i lose my hobby interests along the way yeah you know what i mean what are your hobbies i don't know and do you know what kills me but it's supportive but it also kills me (laughs) is my husband is like babe 
find your hobby and uh, I'll support it. And then I'm like, I'm too tired for a hobby. <laughs> I don't have time for a hobby. But like, and then I, I honestly, I like search deep in myself and I'm like, yeah, what's my hobby? And then I, and then I come up with all these ideas, like maybe it could be pottery or maybe it could be painting, or maybe I should pick up another instrument or go and learn a language, but I'm too tired and I kind of can't be fucked. Yeah. You know, I think my hobby is girls nights. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Does that count as a hobby? Let's just make it a hobby. Maybe we could form a club. Yes! And have that's our official hobby. Oh, do you know what? I just worked out what book clubs are. Oh my God, it's just an excuse for girls to get together. It's just a sanctified girls night where you can go, I've got book club every Tuesday at eight. Bye. (gasps) No, I, I genuinely think this could be our thing. Let's start a club. No, seriously. Yes. What could our club be doing? Wine and cheese club. No, that doesn't involve you. You could no, be I the don't. driver. <laughs> <laughs> like Girl Scouts for grown-ups. Girl Scouts for grown-ups. <laughs> like brownies. We could be brownies and make brownies. Okay, we need a name for and this. And do you know what the best thing about this club is? What? That I can say to my husband. It's vital for my mental health. Because ah. it is. I'll tell you what, pottery could not do for me what hanging out with my girlfriends can do for me. Totally. Okay, what are we going to call this? It's like when people have like a um, stitch and bitch session. I've never heard of that, but I love it. It's huge in the UK. Is that cross, cross, cross? Oh my God. (laughs) Is that cross? It's cross stitch, right? Yeah, it's like sewing or cross stitch or like crafty. Knitting. Knitting. You get together and have a like. Stitch and bitch. Have a stitch and bitch. I love that. I don't want a stitch. I just want a bitch. Damn straight. What about a drink and think? Thinking. That makes me feel tired. Okay. Okay. No thinking. It's like we just need somewhere to go to get away from our children and just be adults again. Yes. I know. What? The No Bub Club. Oh my God, the No Bub Club. That's the club we need to start. That's my hobby. That's my hobby. Three hours a week. I want to not be a mum. No, seven hours. If my husband gets to be part of his club for seven hours, we are matching that. No, no, no. I think three hours is the sweet spot. Do you want to know why? Why? Because seven hours they can complain about, like we are doing now, about this full day thing. True, true. Three hours is an easy sell. No one's allowed to complain. But it's not two and it's not one. It's not two. It's not one. Look, if it bleeds into four at that that time of the day. Who's counting? (laughs) Three hour no bub club. Once a week. Oh my God, I love it. All right, we've got to start recruiting people. No, seriously, I'm, I'm going to pitch this to my husband. I'm going to say, babe, I've joined a club. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be so good for my mental health. And he'll say yes before I've really fleshed out the details. I just feel like we really need to get into the community. It's just really important for our mental health. Yes! Oh my God, this is perfect. No pop club. Here I come. Okay, so all of this still begs the question, why do women put ourselves on the bottom of the to-do list? Because for a very long time, the idea of being a good mum is that you put yourself last. Like when people describe a really good mum, they will always say selfless. Like, you know, that bloody mythology about you give yourself the burnt chop. I know, but I just, I feel like the tide is changing because the whole you can't pour from an empty cup thing now is really taking off on the gram and women are finally putting themselves first. Like I am constantly consuming content to validate my need of yes, yes, I do need to put myself first. Yes, I'm a better mum if I'm feeling fulfilled and having space for myself and taking care of myself. And yet, 
when push comes to shove, do I do it? No. no. I, I don't understand. I like want to unpack myself and work out, Jem, why don't you just do things unapologetically the way your husband does? Like my husband goes for a surf. He doesn't think for a second if I'm like cool with it or not. He just goes. My husband goes for a run every single night at six o'clock. I mean, fair enough. It's not his shift. True, Remember, we true. have shifts. Yes. I do them. I do the evenings. He does the morning. He goes for a run at six o'clock every night. And do you know what doesn't happen when he goes out the door for a run? No one cries. No one clings to his leg. No one goes, where's daddy going? He just goes, bye, I'm going for a run. And everyone, everyone, all three of us go, bye, have fun. <laughs> when I try and go to the toilet, people are crying on the floor, kicking their <laughs> legs like, where's mommy? <laughs> But you know, it's, I think this is like when you buy a, a cool new pair of sunglasses or like a really loud top that you want to wear, but you're not fully comfortable in. You just have to wear it a few times. And then on the fifth or sixth time, you're like, yeah, these glasses are my vibe. You have to just wear the badge of I'm going to do this and not feel guilty. And I feel like if you just practice that, eventually we'll just be like, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to feel guilty. So true. We have to make it a practice. Yes. Do you know, I have a bit of a theory and I feel like I could be wrong about this. Okay. But I think the reason why husbands are slow to adjust with the whole selflessness side of parenting is because babies need their mums in the first year of life. I certainly do not subscribe to the breast is best rule that was put out there years ago at all. But I do feel like, so when I was breastfeeding Iggy, hubs couldn't really do much for him. Oh yeah, they're tits on a bull. Yeah, seriously. They're useless. Their only real thing they can do is clean, cook, bring tea, fetch wipes. Yeah. <laughs> change a nappy. Totally. But yeah. I, but interestingly, as you know, Iggy's now weaned. Yes. Now I'm like, well, Off I'm, you go. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit like, cool, well, Iggy's our shared responsibility now because yeah. while I was the sole feeder and Hubs and I did a bit of a divide and conquer yeah. when we had two where he was in charge of Rafa and I was in charge of Iggy. But this is the funny thing now is that Raf is fully toilet trained. Yeah. But Iggy is not. Mm. But when, while we were dividing and conquering and Raf was doing toilet training and Iggy was in nappies, it felt fair that he yeah. was dealing with all of that shit and yep. I was dealing with all of Iggy's shit. Yeah. But now I had to say to Hubs, you got to start helping me change Iggy's nappies. Yeah. And he was really like, oh. And I'm like, and also you can feed him too. Yeah. I've been taking over a lot of the feeding just because I transitioned him into solids. For whatever reason, I got into the habit of always feeding Iggy. But now I'm like, no, no, no. It's We've, we've got to have a reset. I feel like that's a thing with marriage and kids. Yeah. You're constantly adjusting to these different little chapters and changes. And some of them are so nuanced, they kind of sneak up on you. Absolutely. And, then, and suddenly you're like, oh, hang on. I've been in charge of that for a while, but I, I don't have to be anymore. Yeah. You just got to check in. And yeah, just, as you do, and just say, "Hey, I'm feeling a little frustrated." You got to check in and go, "Can we just like relook at this? I think we need to reassess our chore divide here." Yeah, yeah, and it's ever evolving and ever changing. And I think sometimes that's how resentment can kick in. Absolutely. And the thing that everyone says, and I know in our marriage it is two thousand percent true, is you cannot point score. I know, which is kind of what we're describing, but a little bit different. You can't be like, "Well, you got an hour to poo this morning, so I want an hour to poo." Like you can't keep doing that. But sometimes I really want to. I know. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I never spend half an hour in the toilet the way you do, festering in your poo smells, playing on your iPad. Oh my God, the poo situation? Like, who needs to poo four times a day? It's a total conspiracy. They're not going in there to poo. They're not. They're going in for me time, right? <gasps> 
fuck those guys. <laughs> okay, I take back everything. Let's point score. Yeah. How many points are we on? We call it throwing mud. Like, no, we're not throwing mud at each other, but really. Let's um, throw some fucking let's mud. Let's throw some fucking mud. Okay, I've got a hashtag not sponsored. Ooh. I have to say, it's a bit bitchy. Oh, okay. Now I'm in. Okay. It's an Instagram account that my colleague put me onto and I love it. Why? It's a bit of a mean follow. It's called Celeb Spellcheck. Celeb underscore spellcheck, one word. Okay. It's an Instagram account that takes screenshots of influencers or celebrities things when they've spelt something incorrectly or used incorrect grammar <laughs> or have just straight up lied and they just call them on it in a really satirical funny way example there was one of an influencer on a beach and she's lying on her town it's a selfie and she says i forgot my book so ask me anything and puts the little box for an ask me anything yeah and the caption is look behind you and next to her on the towel is her book no yes oh my god that's so good so it's just shit like that oh my daily god. okay i'm finding it so it's right like now a, so it's a little bit bitchy a little bit mean but Oh my God, it brings me so much joy. And you know what? We need more of that shit in the current state of the world. Absolutely. And I'm all about keeping people real. Keep your feet on the ground. So it's at celeb underscore spell check. One word. Such a good follow. Oh, it's a private account. Yeah, it's private. You've got to, you've got to, they've got to let you mm, in. It's one of those where yeah. it's like you don't get a sneak of the, of the good stuff unless you follow. Well, first of all, I love that the profile pick is Judge Judy. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. apt. She, I assume it's a she. I don't know who runs it. Gossip Girl. Definitely plays up to like, I'm being a judgy bitch. Yeah. I shared this with our mutual bestie, Liv, who we talk about quite often. She's a grammar Nazi. She delights in the misspelt grammar and all that kind of thing. I don't get off on that as much as like, when someone says, I forgot my book, and there's her book. <laughs> Do you have a hashtag not sponsored for me? Yes, I'm going to be doing fashion. Fashion? Today. I know, a bit of a fashion pitch. Actually, I need some new clothes, so hit me up. Yeah, so this is a mum-run business. Great. It's called The Self Styler. Oh, yes, I yes. see this on your Insta. Yeah, and I'm a big fan for a number of reasons. Now, the thing about becoming a mum, we talked about this in the body-focused episode, but our bodies evolve so much from being pregnant to postpartum and beyond. And what I love about self-styler clothes is the price point. Mm -hmm. Really reasonable. Great. You can get a beautiful dress anywhere from $69 to like $120. Okay. Really reasonable. Yep. Second of all, there is a huge range of breastfeeding friendly clothes. Oh, great. But that aren't titled breastfeeding friendly clothes. Oh, they don't clothes. have weird flaps in the front or no, anything. No, none of that. And also very pregnant friendly dresses. Oh, great. That, again, aren't classified as maternity specific dresses stuff you could wear pregnant then feeding then a post that yes oh cool love and it. look i'll be honest if you're not into loose clothing mm -hmm. although i do think they have a range that covers everything but i love loose dresses loose shirts and yeah. there's so much of that stuff loose and floaty oversized vibe yep cool. oh, prince galore Ooh. something for everyone and they follow the trends nicely without being too without pigeonholing themselves too much okay, so cool. they cater to everyone's tastes i feel feel anyway i have a code yay so i didn't used to have a code with these guys but i ballsed up and asked for one oh, because cool. so many of my insta followers were always like do you have a code for the self-styler because you're always sharing their stuff and you're always wearing their stuff so then i asked the owner bianca i was like is it okay if i share a code and she was so fine about it so 
PEANUT, all capitals, 10, for 10% off store-wide. Thank me later. I want to see what you're wearing. I just got a whole new order in of stuff too. And yeah, I hope you enjoy the self-styler. Cool. I'm definitely hitting that up. Yeah. Um, before we go, can we just thank all our beautiful dear listeners for sending us their videos and their voice memos from where they're listening? Yes. Now, if you're not part of our gram fam, we put a little pitch together for our dear listeners to send us videos of themselves, literally videoing themselves, listening in on an episode and just letting us know where in the world they are. And it's so cool. We've had people from the Swiss Alps. Oh, it's so cool. We've had people breastfeeding in the middle of the night. We've had people getting dinner ready, the juggle of the dinner bath time routine with the ear pods in. I love seeing it when you're being sneaky with the ear pods under your hair. It's a great trick. Love that you're taking that hack on. We've seen people pounding the pavement with prams. Doing laundry, doing the dishes. It's been so fun. At their work desk, on their commute to and from work. We are loving seeing it. So we're going to ask you again, get out your phone and just take a little boomerang or a little video and just introduce yourself to the extended mothers group. Just say, for example, Jem, do us an example. Hi, I'm Jem. I'm listening in from Sydney's Northern Beaches and I'm a proud wallet mum. Yes, that's it. (laughs) Something like that. We're just so excited to have this cool gang. And non-mums, we want to hear from you too. Yes. And, and newsflash, we have another self-confessed male listener. <gasps> a few have come out of the oh, woodwork. Oh, really? I didn't yes. know a few had. No, you got to check the DMs today. Oh. But there's like three. And one couple told me they listened together. Oh my God, I love that. I know. I love that they have time together to listen to a podcast. How dare they? Hashtag green with envy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we love you guys. Cue the outro. One, one of these days, days we'll have an outro to our podcast. podcast.